Welcome back to the Cheap Heat Productions podcast. Okay, welcome back to the show and today I've got a very special guest. It's Miss Ginger Lynn, an actress, a model and, and now an artist as well. How are you doing today? I'm wonderful. Thank you so much, Maurice. Yeah, I really appreciate you coming on, Ginger. It's a real, real honor to have you on. Well, I'm, you know, when, when you text or you emailed me, I was very excited. I, I recently did my uh, DNA test and I found out that I'm Irish and German. Excellent. And I'm half Sicilian. Okay. There's I, a lot I going on no there. I had no idea. I had no idea. I thought I was uh, part Cherokee Indian, but it turns out my mother was full-blooded Sicilian and lied. <laughs> I, I, I do think when I'm sending emails that the fact that I'm from Ireland kind of stands to me. I, I actually had a, a girl I had on one day. She's a very famous horror actor, and I won't mention her by name, but she goes, I normally charge for these things, but because you're from Ireland, I'm not going to charge you. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, I'm in the same boat with you. I was just excited. I'm like, yay, I'm Irish. So so this would be your first Irish podcast anyway. This is my first Irish podcast, and I'm happy okay. to be here. Making history, breaking records already, and two minutes into the show. There we go. Right? Yeah. Your entertainment journey how did it begin i moved to los angeles in 1983 and i started posing for magazines in september i posed for every men's magazine at least a hundred of them in those first three months got into the adult film industry had a blast did that for two years and three months went from there to b movies and then rob zombie gave me a break in the devil's rejects uh which was 2015 i believe or 2005 2005 yeah yeah seems like such a long time ago right doesn't that seem ancient and And that seems like a new horror really still right (laughs) (laughs) and so i worked for rob and since then i've been doing horror films for the last 15 years and yeah they're fun and a lot of times i get the opportunity to play the bad guy because I don't look like the bad guy. <laughs> and I'm not going to tell you which movies. I want you to watch them all. Yeah. So there could be a few twists in these movies then. Mm-hmm. I've got three coming out that I shot last year. I've got four. No, I've already shot one this year. I've got three more coming up. Uh, so I'm busy. Yeah, I'm wonderfully it's, busy. Yeah. It's an excellent time actually for, the horror movie industry like i see a lot going on especially on an independent level over in the states even right. true fan true fan films crowdfunding different smaller studios and people 
and like it's a really kind of exciting time to be involved in that category of films at the moment i think it's you know i've enjoyed every area of my 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 career but i'm having a, i'm having a different kind of fun i'm having you know when you get a little bit older you get more comfortable with who you are and what you do and i've always liked what i've done i've never made any choices that I've, i'm ashamed of or feel bad about but getting into the horror genre has been phenomenal for me it's been absolutely phenomenal and i absolutely love it i i get the opportunity to play characters that i normally never would and i i just finished a film do you want me to tell you about an hour wait yeah yeah go ahead i just finished a film with jake Busey, gary Busey's son and okay. it's called the pig killer and it's based on a true story about Canada's, uh, it's Toronto's most notorious serial killer. And what he would do, he would, he raped and murdered 49 women. He's still in prison now. He's 70 years old, still alive. And I, in the film, Jake Busey plays the pig killer. I play his mother. And it's just, it was one of those scripts that I read and I went, I don't know if I can do this role. It's really gnarly. And the more I thought about it, the more I realized that's what I want to do. I want to stretch. I want to do those roles that scare me a little bit or make me uncomfortable. And you've got to see the pig killer when it comes out. It's, I haven't seen the end cut, but as far as filming goes, one of my favorite films I've ever worked on. And when do you expect it to be out if you were to maybe have an estimate? they're talking about the fall okay yeah it's already completely edited ready to go and so i think it'll be out sometime you know september october mm -hmm. very yeah. good Hall around halloween time right around halloween that's what they're talking about right now mm -hmm. uh when you rewind back then when you made the jump we'll say from modeling to the adult entertainment world did you have any reservations about going into that world or was it just something that you were, you wanted to do no i i had reservations for those first three months that's why i only modeled and yeah. then i met this beautiful wonderful woman who was an adult performer and she completely changed my outlook on the industry and the type of people that are in it uh I had the same stereotype image that a lot of people do, uh, that the girls and the guys in, the, in, in adult films back then, this is, you know, 35, 40 years ago, uh, yeah. they were drug addicts and they were sleazy and they were prostitutes. And that's not, that wasn't the case at all, at all. And so I got into it and the, oh, I didn't have reservations, but I wasn't sure if I, after I committed, I didn't know if I could actually have sex on film. And so I called my agent and I did a, a test shoot. And yeah. uh, I, I did two scenes, one with uh, Tom Byron, one with Ron Jeremy, unfortunately. Uh, and I had a blast. So I'm on the set in Hawaii, I'm on the island of Kauai, and my, I do my first sex scene with Jerry Butler. It's amazing, I have a blast. Now comes time for my first dialogue scene. And all I'm supposed to do is I'm running along this beach, I've got these little shorts on, and Jerry's on a motorcycle coming up beside me. And all I'm supposed to do is say, you know, fuck off, leave me alone, get out of here. And there's a guy with a boom with the microphone following running yeah. along behind me. Maurice, I could not talk. I couldn't get a word to come out of my mouth. It was so bad. We shot 
for about two hours, I tried to talk and I couldn't. I was frozen and we had to stop that scene. The sun went down and pick it up the next day. You were just so nervous with it. Um, I giggled a lot. I was nervous about talking. I wasn't nervous about having sex, but I was yeah. nervous about talking. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I think a lot of the, the talking, we'll say, in the adult movie world and the storylines and whatever can be at times kind of laughable and cheesy. So maybe that was kind of going through your mind. Probably, probably that. And what happened was Jerry Butler came over to my room that night and he started asking me about my family and my friends and my grandfather and who is important in my life. And I'm thinking, what a nice guy. And then he suddenly picks me up, throws me down in the bed, holds my arms down and I'm fighting, I'm punching, I'm kicking, I'm screaming. I'm going, what the fuck is going on? And then he stops and he throws the script at me and he goes, now let's run dialogue. Excuse me. Right. He said, now let's run dialogue. And I was so angry and so raw and so out of my, out of where I was that I, I just, I ran the dialogue and I never had a problem again. You know, I let my insecurities go to the wayside and just owned it. Owned it. And it's not easy to own a role in an adult film. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. I wouldn't know, but I can imagine. <laughs> Do you do you think do you think that the perception of the industry has changed, say, from the 80s when you started out to now? And the reason I say that is because like maybe this podcasting world, the next door neighbor has a podcast. The next door neighbor might have an OnlyFans page. Do you think that with more and more people becoming on board with this kind of thing, that it's less and less kind of stigmatized? I think it's definitely less stigmatized in today's society on a whole people watch porn everybody watches it everybody's on their computers everybody's on their laptops everybody's on their phones you can i you know i watch porn i'll i'll, I'll just bring up something on my phone and masturbate and then be done and so i think that society has accepted it to a certain extent they've accepted it because everybody watch it but when you confront people about it or you ask them about it there's still that mm, yeah I don't know. Maybe I've seen a film or two and you know, everything in my library. <laughs> yeah. um, I think it's a great time for performers because for the first time in adult film history, we can do what we want, when we want with who we want and we own it. I'm on OnlyFans. I absolutely love it. Um, I love that. There's so many people that are exploring their sexuality one thing that does worry me about it is that a lot of people um, make it all pink and rosy. It's all going to be wonderful. And mm -hmm. it can be. But the most important thing is where your head's at. I remember the day I quit porn. I woke up and I went, you know what? I don't want to suck a dick today. I just don't. <laughs> and I called the film company. I had two more films under contract. And I said, I don't want to do this anymore. And they said, fine, you're out of your contract. And I said, no, I gave my word. So I did my last two films, which were Blame It on Ginger and Ginger and Spice. Um, I won awards in both films. <laughs> and uh, there's a, a very special scene in Ginger and Spice. Uh, I was in the bathroom taking a bath, not on camera, just I needed a little time. And I ordered a bottle of champagne. I had my script 
smoking a cigarette in the bathtub, drinking my champagne, and I'm running dialogue with the writer. And she goes, hold on a second. And in walks Barbara Dare. And she gets in the bathtub. And for some reason, I started to cry. It was, I was just so emotional. And she got in the bathtub. And we started talking. And we started running dialogue. And it's one of the most real, honest, and intimate scenes I've ever shot. Was because I was I was off and I and meeting Barbara and her kindness and so what they did the scene was supposed to be shot outside they brought the cameras into the bathroom it was not supposed to be shot in the bathtub that was just my personal space and it turned out to be one of the best scenes I've ever done so I had a fantastic I had a fantastic career in the adult film industry and and I would not want to be in it today as far as on camera yeah, like 35 millimeter or digital, whatever they're shooting. I'm very happy with my OnlyFans and, and that's it. And my OnlyFans is OnlyFans.com slash Blame It On Ginger. And that will be in the description of this video anyway. So you, you just felt you felt that your time was kind of up in that industry. Um, what, was there any particular reason why? Or did you just feel it went as far as you could go? No, it wasn't that I thought I was as far as I could go. I, when you're doing something as intimate as having sex with people on camera that isn't your partner. Um, It's it's, it, it, you have to be in the right headspace. You really need to enjoy what you're doing. Love it, laugh, live it. And there was no, nothing that happened, no significant incident moment. moment. Yeah. Yeah. It was just, I woke up and went, I'm done. I'm done. And I told myself the day that I got into adult films that the moment that I didn't want to do them anymore, I would stop because I didn't want it to mess with my head. I didn't want to be one of those poor, broken, uh, lost souls who got into porn and then regretted it and the whole thing. And so I left on a high note. I left when I was still at the top of my game, enjoying what I did. The day that I decided I wasn't going to enjoy it, I quit. I quit. Yeah. And, and I think it's very important for your mental health to make yeah. those types of decisions. About an hour ago, I put up on my social media that you were coming on the show. And what a good friend of mine, Mr. Paul Cooney, uh, commented underneath and he said, oh, brilliant. And I said, do you know Ginger? And he goes, yes. I want you to ask her how did she end up in Metallica's video for Turn the Page? <laughs> <laughs> Well, the story I heard is Lars is a big fan of mine. Yeah. And so I got a call from my agent and they said they wanted me to be in the Metallica video and I turned it down and they kept calling and kept calling. And I just, I didn't want to be a B movie uh, or not B movie. I didn't want to be a, a, a music video bimbo. And I had not, they had not told me anything about the script. And I remember I was in Waco, Texas before cell phones and the front desk called and said, it's your agent. And I was heading out the door. Now I had my son, I had my nanny, I had my bodyguard. I'm wearing overalls, my hair's in a ponytail, no makeup on. And my agent says, can you just go to the Chateau Marmont when you arrive back in Los Angeles? I said, I'm going to bring my, my son, my nanny, my bodyguard. We're all coming and I'm not putting makeup on. And this is what I'm like. And I went in. And I met with the director and Jonas Ockerlin is one of my top favorite directors of all time. 
I loved his story. And the way he explained it to me was that he had always wanted to make music videos. And you can't always do what you want to do. So in the meantime, he produced uh, Cirque du Soleil type circuses in Europe. And he said he finally kept getting, you know, doing small things and small things and small things. And he got bigger and bigger and bigger until he finally got into music videos. And he said, that was the day that I turned the page. Okay. And I'm like, okay. So I related it to the day that I quit porn. The day that I turned that page and moved on to the next phase of my life, not even knowing that I wanted to be an actress. Um, the, I decided I wanted to be an actress when I saw Trashy Lady. And I was in the movie theater. It was a red carpet event. Walked on the red carpet. And I'm sitting on the aisle. And there's a scene where Tom Byron and I are in a shower. And I'm giving him a blowjob which I won an award for. <laughs> and when I saw myself on screen, I saw my acting and I was just sitting there cringing. Like, I'm horrible. I'm horrible. And then I saw myself giving a blowjob. And all I could focus on was that my cheeks were sunken in. <laughs> and I started to cry. And I got up and I ran out of the movie theater. And I thought, okay, I need to change the way I, I, I give blowjobs. And I'm going to acting school. <laughs> so I, and, and I, I mean, like I said, I won an award for it, but I perfected that job. <laughs> uh, you mentioned that you used to have a bodyguard. So like you were definitely kind of well known. Did, were you ever kind of out in public and someone recognized you from one of the adult movies? Have you got any funny stories like that? All the time. My favorite story about that is I walked into my bank one day. And the teller's doing, I was with Eric Edwards and the teller's doing the transaction and the bank manager walks up and he goes, oh, I know you, you're that girl. He goes, don't tell me you're on a soap opera. No, 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 no. Let me think, let me think. And he's standing there and you can see the reels turning in his head. And suddenly from his chest up, it turns red and the line goes up and up and up. And then he finally goes, I thought you were somebody else. And he runs off. <laughs> so once he realized where he knew me from, he wasn't as, as uh, publicly excited anymore. Um, I get recognized a lot uh, when I wear makeup. I normally, my hair's in the ponytail, no makeup. But when I dress up or I put makeup on, I live in Las Vegas. I get recognized at the casinos by everyone. Uh, airports, especially shopping malls, uh, any, any place where there's a crowd of people, hockey, I love hockey, um, hockey games. I went to a hockey game uh, in Las Vegas to see the Golden Knights play Chicago. I'm from Illinois. Chicago was my team. And the team and I, I made friends with a lot of the members of the Blackhawks back in the day. And so they made me an official jersey. So I've got the jersey with the things hanging down on the bottom. And it says ginger across the back and number nine. And the team gave it to me. And I'm like, so I've got you know, one of my prized possessions. And I wear it to this game, watch the game. I'm leaving. And I'm about to go out the door. And this guy jumps in front of me, knocks people over, opens the door for me. And he's like, I'm your biggest fan. And then his <laughs> wife. No, that was the fun part. Then his wife walked out. She goes, what the fuck are you doing? Hold the door for her. And who do you think? And it was just, she was furious he was excited it was hysterical 
and I just smiled and, you know, went on my way. But, uh, yeah, it's, if it was funny to see him running over people to get to me. <laughs> and obviously his wife recognized who you were as well, which yes. is another interesting thing. Isn't it though? Yeah. Yeah. Um, how did you become involved? We were talking a little bit off camera about horror conventions and stuff like that. And we'll come into that in a while. How did you become involved in Devil's Rejects? Devil's Rejects, you know, I'm, I'm lucky in the sense that most of my work, people come to me. I don't go yeah. out and audition for a lot of things. And Rob Zombie called my agent and said, we, we want Ginger in this movie. And I went in and I auditioned and they put me on hold immediately. They said, you're hired. And uh, I'm a martial artist. Two weeks before we were filming, I was fighting, I was sparring, and I tore my ACL, my MCL, and my meniscus in my left leg. And so my, I called my agent and I said, you know, this is what's going on. So he called Rob and said, Ginger can't run. That's all he told him. Didn't, I had a brace on my leg from my thigh to my ankle. And I get on the set, and it's a very small set out in the middle of nowhere. And there are these giant air ventilation things that are going through. So the walkway is about this wide. Oh, let's see how I can show you. It's about, I don't know, it's about three feet wide. And yeah. I'm on crutches, so I can't get through. Now, all I'm wearing is that little red corset. And the crew picked me up, and they passed me down. The, the hallway to the bed where Sid was lying and they just plopped me right on top of Sid Hay. That was my introduction to, to Sid. My naked, my naked body parts on his dirty stained underwear. Like, hello, nice to meet you. And Sid was the nicest guy ever. And we laughed and we talked and we started the scene and we didn't have rehearsals. We had no rehearsals. Rob was just like, let's just do it. And it just clicked. Sid was so wonderful to work with. Rob was such a wonderful director that yeah. um, I love my role in The Devil's Rejects. I love what I did. I love the character that I created. And I'm grateful for that opportunity. It was wonderful. Um, yeah, I think I think, I think think Rob Zombie from a horror director uh, point of view doesn't get enough credit for the work he puts out there. Because from the outside in, he seems like a very kind of meticulous guy you can tell from the locations of his films from the set design from the characters that he obviously handpicks himself that he thinks about these things like a lot how did you find working with him working with rob was one of the best experiences of my life as far as directors go um i worked with him again a few years later like 10 years later on 31. yeah i read the script loved it and i played doomhead's girlfriend well what happened is there's about 20 minutes of dialogue. Rob, we got to the set and that morning, Rob had changed all the dialogue. Now I'd had three months to work on my script. And so I knew none of the dialogue and Rob said, okay, here are the key points. Keep those in there. My, my co-star didn't know his either because he changed it all that morning. And so Richard Brake and I had a blast and 20 minutes of the movie is cut out with me and Richard. So instead of, being Richard's girlfriend in the film, I just look like a whore. So in all honesty, it's not my favorite movie. Um, mm -hmm. I don't like the way it was edited. I don't like the end result. I didn't like the strobe lights all the time. I thought it was confusing. And they cut out 
too many important moments. Like I said, the script was fabulous. The script versus the movie, night and day. I still love Rob. He was a wonderful director. He let us go. I love what we shot. It just wasn't used. And so it changed my character entirely. You know, I would not have agreed to play the role if I was just a whore. I, I've been cast as too many prostitutes, too many whores, too many sluts, too many strippers, too many, you know, I'm over it. You know, I, I can play that role. No problem. Yeah. Um, so I, I was actually, you know, I, sorry, Rob, but I was disappointed in 31. Mm -hmm. Do you think he does those things like you were saying about kind of getting plopped on the bed and kind of scripts being changed last minute just to be kind of more natural? You think it's on purpose nearly? I don't know. You know what? Rob is one of the hardest working men I've ever met in my life. He is always working, always busy, always planning something. Um, and he's very detailed. He knows exactly what he wants, when he wants it, who he wants it with. And he gives you as an actor a lot of freedom, um, but yeah. he'll make sure that there's the points that he wants you to get across. None of the dialogue was changed in, in uh, Devil's Rejects. And I love the end result. The, the script and the, and, and the movie were pretty much the same. Mm -hmm. um, and as an actor, you have to get used to that. You know, I worked on Young Guns 2 for almost four weeks. Uh, Christian Slater steals Kiefer Sutherland's watch. We have a little romance. Um, I get, I rolled out, I get pushed out a flight of stairs. I get run out of town on a stagecoach. None of it's in the movie. It's all gone. Oh. All you see me, you see me turn and smile and that's it. That's my entire role in Young Guns too. So as an actor, you never know. You never know what the editor's going to do, what the director's going to want at the end. And it can lead to some disappointment, especially when you pour your heart into what you do. And I pour my heart into every role that I, that I, I, I take on um, yeah. everyone. So they were wonderful experiences. All of them were. Um, but as an actor, you have to know that sometimes it's not going to turn out the way you thought it would. Yeah. Can we talk a little bit about your art and how that came about? And was that a kind of a long-standing passion of yours? No, actually it wasn't. My son is 26 when he was about two yeah. years old. Uh, I didn't want to be that mom that plopped her kid in front of the TV and ignored them. And so I was always doing things with him. And one day I, we were at Michael's at the art store and I thought, you know what, let's paint. So I bought some canvases, bought some paints. We put easels up in the backyards. So we we're outside and we both just went for it. And I have a, an entire room that's filled with my son's artwork and my entire home floor to ceiling with the exception of my office is my artwork. Um, it's my favorite way to express myself. Uh, it's, it's my Zen moments. It's my therapy. It's my passion uh, and my creativity. Um, I, I've been painting this morning. I started a new painting. I've done two paintings this week. Sometimes I'm really inspired uh, and I'll, I can whip out a painting in a day. Other paintings, uh, I've had them take up to three months. So it just depends on what, how difficult it is, what my idea in my head is. And uh, I paint a lot of women. My art site is gingerlandart.com. And I've sold over 100 paintings so far. And how long have you been doing this? 24 years. I've only been, been selling been doing art for 24 years. I've only oh, wow. been selling for the last maybe 15, 
years. Yeah. yeah, because I just, I'm not secure with my paintings. I paint what I feel. I paint what I smell. I paint a memory. I paint the wind. I paint a song. You know, every, all kinds of things inspire me. So this week I've done two paintings. I just started a third and they all involve the moon. And my mother died Monday. So like uh, this just, Monday, just month. Yeah. Just oh, sorry to hear six days ago. Wow. Uh, and I don't know why, but I've been obsessed with painting the moon. And I, I, I would run down, but I'd be off camera to show you my new painting because it's downstairs in the living room. I always hang my newest painting or put it up in the mantle. And uh, so I have a, I have a brand new one that's, that's nice, but it, it's nice for people. I, well, I know I, I, I've still got some paint on my arm here. <laughs> I was wearing overalls before, before I put this dress on for you and cleaned up a little bit. Oh, I took a bath. That's why it's on. That's why it was a little late. But uh, yeah. yeah, I love painting. And now I've started doing commission pieces. Um, people send me pictures of their pets or their wives or their best friend. And so I've done a lot of, uh, my art is mainly abstract, but I'm getting more into, like I said, the detailed things now this week, especially, like I said, I'm obsessed with the moon. I don't know why since my mom died, I've never been obsessed with the moon and now I am. Yeah, just something kind of triggered that maybe. Something triggered it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it's been great therapy for me during the week. I've been able to uh, keep my head out of my head, if that yeah. makes any sense. Yeah. 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 So and that... I didn't mean to bring the show down. I just was <laughs> telling you what inspires me. My mom passing inspired yeah. me to paint moons. Yeah, yeah. Um We'll we'll bring the tone back up a little bit for people yes. that might want to that people that might want to watch this and want to know what they can expect from your OnlyFans page. My OnlyFans page, I do uh, everything. I, I I don't do boy girl. I don't yeah. do boy girl, but I do anal. I do uh, vaginal. I use a lot of props. I have a squirting cock. I do a lot of scenes with Christy Canyon. We do a lot of girl girl stuff together. Uh, I do masturbation videos. I do jerk off instruction videos. Um, I do a lot of sexting and I'll, I do custom videos. So if anybody wants anything, as long as it doesn't involve another man, I've been in a relationship for 13 years and this is going to sound really silly, but I've been faithful for 13 years as of this July 25th, it'll be 13 years. And for me, the biggest gift that I could give someone that I loved was not my virginity, but my, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, my faithfulness, my yeah. faithfulness. And, and so, uh, I don't do other men, you know, I, I, there's part of me that goes after having, I've, I've been with over a thousand lovers and there's, there's a part of me that goes, this is the best and biggest gift that I can give you. I love you with all my heart. I'm faithful to you. So OnlyFans has everything you can think of except with a man. Excellent. Uh, we were talking off camera about the convention world and you're just back from Texas Frightmare. What's the convention world like for you, in, oh especially God. in the horror? <laughs> I love the convention world. I've done mainstream conventions. I've done the adult conventions. And about 15, 20 years ago, I started doing the horror conventions. 
and I found my family. I love the people that go to horror conventions. They're a different type of fan. They're they're honest. They're real. I relate to them. I can talk to them easily. Um, and without my fans, I wouldn't have a career. So I love doing the conventions and the horror conventions, especially. It's just a really good group of people and everybody gets everybody else. We're all a little off, you know, yeah. <laughs> and I'm a little off. So I fit in very well. <laughs> Excellent, excellent. What's the, what's the weirdest thing that anyone has asked you to sign at a convention? Not so much weird, but I've, I've signed a boob. Oh, I signed a penis. I signed <laughs> a penis once. That's the weirdest thing. And okay, here's the funny part about it. It wasn't hard. So I had to stretch it out. <laughs> and then I wrote my name on it. And then once I let it go, my name was all squished up. <laughs> so the only way you'd ever be able to read it is if you had a heart on. <laughs> oh my God. And do you, what do you think? Do you think he left it on? Do you think it's, when was that? When was, I don't did know that happen? He, you know what? He said he was going to have a tattoo. I don't know if okay. he did or not, but um, I've met someone who has my entire face on their arm. Someone that has my face on their back. Um, I've signed people's heads, the back of their heads. Uh, when they're shaved and people have gotten my name. I, I met one guy, I signed his head. He came back to the convention the next day and had had my name tattooed on the back of his head. How um, does that make you feel? It's kind of creepy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm a fan of a lot of things. Yeah. That's hardcore. And it's, yeah. it's, I shouldn't say that it's creepy. It's wonderful. It's a huge compliment. <laughs> um, but it is a little creepy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No it's denying. It's there forever. I have a few tattoos, and uh, I chose them all very carefully, and they're all in position or places that I can film without them being seen. Um, you tattoo somebody's name in your head. Uh, I guess you could grow your hair out. Um but your penis, you're pretty much stuck with it. And I'm going to say that's going to be a, a a deal breaker for a lot of girls. <laughs> Why does your penis say Ginger Lynn? <laughs> if, if that if that guy is watching the video, can you let us know if, uh, if you went ahead with the know. tattoo? Where, where was that convention? And when? Chicago. 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 It was about... 12 years ago. And the reason I remember is my dad was my bodyguard for years um, at conventions because there was nothing, you know, so my dad didn't see me do what I did, but um, he was there. And now I forgot what I was going to say. Um, oh, it was in Chicago. And the reason I remember is I took a photo with my dad afterwards, uh, after the convention outside. And it's my screensaver on my computer, on my laptop. Um, and so it was, a, it was a great convention because I got to be with my dad, who was my best friend, and I got to autograph a penis. Who gets to do that? Not everybody. <laughs> no, not, not too many people, I'd imagine. Um, we'll go back into the, the movie world and just talk about what kind of stuff you have coming up, because I know you're telling me about a screening that's coming up, and maybe if you have any other movies that are in the pipelines or coming out, you want to talk about them? 
Sure. I've got two films, uh, Lady Killer 2 and 3. There's three in the series. They have not been released. Uh, they star me, Felissa Rose, and Dave Sheridan, along with oh, Dave. Yeah. yeah I've had Dave on the show. Oh, he's wonderful. He's yeah. a little weird. Uh, but he's wonderful. <laughs> and uh, Jeremy Spencer is the director. And Jeremy was the drummer for Five Finger Death Punch. Oh, cool. And now he's directing. So we did Lady Killer 2 and 3. I'm in. Uh, those still have not come out yet. Um, I've got one other film that I did last year that's not out yet, but I can't remember. Anyway, in Lady Killer TV, I play a character named Francine. I'm 80 years old. They've covered me in age spots, dyed my hair gray, uh, and I'm I'm not a pretty character. But it was such a strong character that I, I created that the next film I'm doing is a spinoff from Lady Killer TV. It's Francine and Harold, the two main characters in the Lady Killer series. Francine is the character that I created, and Jeremy plays my son. So uh, we're shooting that one, and I can't remember what it's, it is. Right now, it's called Francine and Harold. Yeah. Uh, I've got another film. Oh, I know the other movie. Um, it's by a director by the name of Raziemi Bora, and it's about uh, cowgirls, rodeo girls. And yeah. there are three rodeo girls that they follow throughout the film, and one of them got Ebola during the filming of it. And so what they did in order to keep the film going is they fast forwarded through time and I play her when she's older. So okay. that was a lot of fun to do. I got to, you know, have the big hair and the hat and the Stetson boots, Stetson hat and the boots and the whole thing. Uh, and it's just a wonderful, wonderful little film slash documentary. Three women that they follow are really rodeo queens. Uh, so I had a blast doing that. I've got another film coming up. Uh, I can't remember the name of it, but I play a character named Dominica. I'm an Italian mafia wife. Uh, and then I've got another film that I haven't agreed to yet. And the reason being is I, I like when things are weird and they go far. But in this film, you know those uh, those um, automated fucking machines with the dildo on the end <laughs> yeah well they've got one with a knife on the end and so it's coming at me and it's going where you don't want it to go and i'm gonna get killed and uh then the bed that i'm laying on to get away turns into a giant vagina that eats me <laughs> and so as far as doing things i've never done before that would be something so I haven't agreed to it yet, but I may do that one as well. Yeah, that would be some way to go. And then the, the Gary, I've got a film coming out called The Pig Killer with Gary Busey. Uh, and I think that's it right now. So I've got three in the can and three to shoot. Yeah, and the screening coming up that we were talking about. And, um, oh, yes. Yeah. So I'm doing a convention in Layton, Pennsylvania, which is just outside of Allentown. And it's at, they saved, it's the Mahonan Drive-In Theater. It's an old drive-in theater that they rescued and they kept it going. And so they have conventions there all the time and they show movies. So yeah. I'm the host of the entire event. There are no other celebrities there. There are 40 vendors and they're showing two of my films. The first night they're showing 
oh, it's called Satan's Storybook. <laughs> and you know how they say there's movies that are so bad they're good? Yeah. This is so bad, it's not good. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of those that I watched and going, I was good, but the movie is not good. But we're having a screening of it, and there's a lot of laughs to be found within that. So I'm still going to take it as definite entertainment. And then the second night, they're playing My Vice Academy, the first one, which I just watched this morning as well because I wanted to get a little – Yeah, I don't watch my movies. And so I watched them so I, because I, I'm going to be introducing them on the stage and talking about them. So I kind of had to know what happened in the movies. <laughs> yeah. You've probably yeah, done I'll so much that you can't even remember some of these things, especially if you don't watch them back. Mm -hmm. I watch my films more now in the last five years than I ever have. I, before that, I never watched any of them. And I think it's because I wasn't comfortable with my acting. You know, I, I studied for six years at the Beverly Hills Playhouse. And I kind of look at it as a moment, like as an actor, I was, I was here and then I went down a little bit to my comfort zone. And I found the place where I could be anybody I want to be and not feel uncomfortable, stupid, ridiculous, mean, you know, it's okay to be all of those things. That's what, that's what my job is. And so I've started watching my films recently, but I had to go back this morning to watch old movies and, uh, yeah, I can tell I hadn't dropped into that place yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm good, but I'm not as good as I am today. Yeah, excellent. Ginger, it was an absolute pleasure to catch up with you today on the podcast. Maybe when some of those movies are about to hit, we can jump on again and talk about them. You are a doll. I would love to do your podcast again, Maurice. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much, Ginger. All right. Take care, honey. Bye-bye. You too.